Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 173 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Kat Matson. Kat Matson is Brisbane's Chief Digital Officer and the General Manager of Innovation for the City's Economic Development Board of Brisbane Marketing. As Chief Digital Officer, she is charged with the digital transformation of the city and driving Brisbane's citywide digital strategy. Kat is a passionate advocate for human-centric smart cities, recognising that digital is an enabler, not an outcome in its own right. Appointed in 2014, Kat was recently recognised as one of Australia's top digital innovators, winning the Digital Experience Leader for Australia in the 2018 IDC Digital Transformation Awards. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Kat's views on some of the key challenges entrepreneurs will face in the future. We'll get Kat's insights and perspective on how cities can co-create opportunities to thrive and we'll hear what Kat believes can be done to help fuel economies which are good for people and planet. So Kat, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, Tom. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Me too. It's been a long time coming, but here <laughs> we are. It let's, is, isn't it? Let's go. So Kat, tell us a little bit more about your background. What led you to helping local communities build more diverse, resilient and inclusive economies? I wish I could say that it was that deliberate. My background has always been in the kind of the personal empowerment space. In fact, many years ago when I did a personal development program called the Landmark Forum, um, I articulated my personal vision as uh, creating spaces and places in which to empower people in their lives. Um, At that stage, I was a business coach, I think. So um, I don't know that I ever set out to create vibrant and creative economies However, when the opportunity came up to join Brisbane Marketing as the city's chief digital officer, it turns out that that was exactly the opportunity that I was stepping into. So mm. I, um, I often pinch myself. I feel like I have the best gig in the world. Absolutely. So as general manager then of innovation and Brisbane's chief digital officer, as you say, tell us a little bit more about this role and the sort of projects that you're involved in. All right. So some history. The role was created in 2012 or 2012. We were the second city in the world to appoint a chief digital officer. That was after New York City. I wasn't the city's first chief digital officer. We had somebody else in the role at that time, but I came on in 2014 to execute the strategy that had been put in place. Now, The reason Brisbane appointed a chief digital officer was the recognition that at that time, Mm. all these things digital were coming down the line and we didn't know how they were going to impact us. And we have to remember back in 2012, Uber hadn't hit Brisbane yet, Airbnb hadn't hit Brisbane yet. Goodness knows we were not even thinking about, you know, flying cars or the impact of Uber on gig economy, the taxi industry, all that Mm. kind of stuff. Yeah. But more importantly, we also didn't understand the impact of digital disruption on small business, and that is key for Brisbane. So that was the original remit of the CDO to support small businesses to build their capability to Mm. cope with the changes. 
In 2017, we reinvigorated the strategy, the Digital Brisbane strategy, and in that document, we articulated the kind of the renewed vision to build our local economy by creating new and innovative jobs whilst making Brisbane the easiest city in the world in which to work, grow, learn, contribute nice. and live together. Yeah. So through that, my role has been everything from supporting startups, um, creating and leading uh, the initiative that we call the Capital, which is the city's startup um, and innovation hub that sits in the heart of the Queen Street Mall. It's producing programs like the Lord Mayor's Global Entrepreneur Program, which provides $5,000 grants to businesses that have the potential to scale and grow Mm. exports and jobs. And also probably my proudest and most fun project, which is Brisbane Innovate, Mm. uh, the city's open innovation platform. Tell us more about that. Oh, if I have to. (laughs) Um, Brisbane Innovate was born out of the recognition that innovation is actually best done openly, not closed. And the poor analogy that I use to describe that distinction is even in companies like Apple, which are cited as most innovative companies, Mm. or they used to be, in the world, They do things in closed silos. The design team don't know what the engineering team are working on and likewise the software team. And that's done to reduce leaks, make sure nobody can copy and whatnot. But unfortunately what that means is that you only get iterative innovation. You don't get the big game-changing, oh, my God, what if it was this instead of an iPhone? Open innovation is more collaborative. You Mm. actually assume that multiple people, multiple stakeholders, they might not be the content experts, but they will have an input to make. They will have ideas to make. And if you can find a way to legitimately collaborate, Mm. then you can innovate for more powerful solutions, more cost-effective solutions, solutions that more people buy into and solutions that actually the end user in my case, residents, yep. actually want. Mm. So Brisbane Innovate for the last three years, we're, we're in our fourth year now, has consisted of a one-day summit um, held first at City Hall and then at the Brisbane Convention and Exhibition Centre because we grew out of City Hall. Yep. Yay! And then it's now also has a what we call the Always On Lab, so the Brisbane Innovate Lab, where we take the conversations that are started at the summit and actually nurture them mm. in a quasi-accelerator model, quasi-concierge model, quasi-just, okay, what do we do to get this idea off the ground? We use a lot of design thinking principles. We use my knowledge of how council works, state government works, industry works. We connect dots. Some days I just feel like a circus ringmaster, just kind of literally pulling everybody in the right direction to um, bring the ideas to life. As an enabler. An enabler. That's exactly right. I am an enabler of many, many, many things. Some good, some others. (laughs) So you've done a lot of work with startups, with small businesses, with the broader residents of the city then. So what makes Brisbane unique then as an ideal place to start and grow a purpose-led business? Well, I'm going to start with the things that makes Brisbane ideal to start and grow any business. And then the purpose-led, I actually think, stems out of it. So for me, Brisbane's small compared to other cities in Australia um, and small population Wise, but we have one council that covers the majority of the metropolitan area, which means that there is a greater degree of uh, coordination. Mm. We have a delightful lifestyle, and whilst lifestyle is not necessarily a prerequisite to business, it's certainly a prerequisite to creativity. Mm. It's certainly a prerequisite to popping new ideas because you've actually got, you know, you can pop off work at four o'clock and have a beer somewhere in the sunshine and go, oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. But I think our biggest advantage 
is our what I call our two degrees of separation. It's not our six. Mm. You know, that notion that you can find whoever you want, whenever you need them, within just a couple of quick phone calls. Yep. That then, that personable nature of Brisbane, I think is where the purpose-led innovation really comes into the fore or the purpose-led business. People in Brisbane genuinely like their lifestyle and they genuinely care about each other. I often joke that I shouldn't be called the chief digital officer, I should be called the chief analogue officer. Mm. And that's because Mm. at the end of the day, people are people and the elements of life that we value the most are the ones that have us connect to people. So I think Brisbane is a spectacular place to start and run and grow a purpose-led business because it's in our DNA. Yeah. You know, we, we don't have the dog-eat-dog competitive nature that some other cities have. We've got the space. We've got the opportunities. And I guess through programs like Brisbane Innovate, through what you do with Impact Boom, there are opportunities to actually build a thriving and profitable mm. purpose-led business rather than it just being seen as a, oh, yeah, once I've got my stability in order, then I can do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's great to hear. So I'm keen to hear about a few more opportunities. I mean, Brisbane Innovate creates opportunities and it brings people together. But where do you see opportunities, further opportunities to help residents and businesses thrive then, as you Mm. say, in this globally connected and digitally enabled world? Gee, they don't sound like familiar words at all. No. Um, I think this is a really, it's a really interesting one because those opportunities largely depend on where people want the opportunity. Yep. So, for example, in the, at the school age basis, we're seeing more and more initiatives to get young people involved in thinking differently and not necessarily because the ways of the past are redundant, mm. but because the ways of the future are really interesting and a bit different yep. um, and uber-connected. So, you know, we have people like Nicole Dyson mm. and her business. Future Anything. Thank you very much, Future Anything. We have Scott Miller and Bob doing all of his school-based programs. We have the work that River City Labs do with their school, with their school holiday programs. Genuine opportunities for young people to be involved, and not only young people, of course, as soon as you get school age kids involved, and their parents have to get involved too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, we've got some opportunities there. I think other opportunities sit in some of our priority industry sectors. For a long time, entrepreneurialism got stuck in because we can, we will. Now we're actually saying, well, actually, what really needs to be done? So, you know, there's some burning platform questions around the importance of ethical artificial intelligence and artificial intelligence that augments human capacity Mm. rather than takes over. There's some interesting work going on in what we call the property tech sector. And I don't just mean breathing buildings, but anything and everything that can be done to minimize impact Mm. whilst building structures that um, will service as, um, as populations grow, particularly in urban environments. Other opportunities to help. I think there's the small what I call the small nudges that we do. So the Lord Mayor's Global Entrepreneur Program is a Mm. really good example of that nudge where $5,000 is a drop in the ocean to what's really needed to grow a business. But the Lord Mayor's Global Entrepreneur Program helps us uncover businesses that have the potential to grow if, one, they knew that they were actually had that opportunity to grow and two, if they just had the right guidance. Mm. So whilst it's only a $5,000 grant, and to be honest, that's the, the honey that we use to attract in the first place, but then once they're in that cohort of successful um, recipients, 
they get guidance, they get yeah. mentoring, they get concierging, they get introductions to all sorts of different mm-hmm. people who then help them on their way. Unlock opportunities. And unlock opportunities. That's exactly right. But what are the other opportunities? There's so many. There's so many. We could be here all day. We could. And we could be talking about innovation all day. But innovation, I think, is becoming an overused buzzword, especially in the last five years or so. So how might cities and startup hubs move beyond innovation theatre, Kat, and actually deliver tangible outcomes that see ideas executed and deliver impact? She steps onto her soapbox. (laughs) Innovation theatre is one of my pet peeves in this industry. Innovation, first of all, is not new. Human, The human species yep. has been innovating since time began. It's called survival yep. and it's called our innate desire to do things more effectively and more efficiently than we did them yesterday. So, yes, in fact, I struggle even with my title of general manager of innovation because it's like so general manager of... <laughs> How do we move past innovation theatre? I think there's a few ways. First of all, we call it out when we mm. see it. We stop attending the events where that's all it's about. Um, yep. When somebody pitches an idea, like Tinder for dogs was one of it was my stock standard step example. <laughs> really, you've got Tinder for dogs? That's amazing. Tell me the problem that that's solving. Mm, yeah. We have those honest conversations. But I think that then it also comes back to reminding people that you start a business or you design an innovation strategy to do it better than you did before or to solve a genuine problem. Mm. So for me, it's asking multiple whys. Why, why, why? And for whom does this solve a real problem? The other thing that I do too is when when people tell me the person that is going to benefit, I go, are they currently paying for that problem? Because if they're not, chances are you haven't landed on the right Mm. stakeholder or the right customer group. So it's actually one of the key areas that I see in social enterprise, and I myself am guilty of this. Um, I'm a do-gooder. I want to save the world. At the end of the day, I want to save the world. And so every problem that I see in the world, I go, right, well, how do we fix that? And it's really easy to say, well, we should do this. But until you can figure out the we should do this in the context of a supply or a value chain, Mm. you're just talking jazz hands. Yes, So it's always got to come back to the why. It's always got to come back to the who. I also think another way of removing the innovation theatre is to make our language more inclusive. Uh, I still, still five years into the role, struggle with terms like entrepreneur because entrepreneur seems to have taken on a very unique narrow niche of people who are building globally scalable businesses but the plumber or the baker who is setting up a local based business is just as entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. in fact i would sometimes argue more so because they're actually risking more but they don't feel included in the entrepreneurial conversation because we invite people in for razzle dazzle events So I just think we have to be mindful of how our language excludes rather than includes. Yeah, that's a golden point. Hit the nail on the head. So inspiring projects. Do you have any inspiring projects? I mean, you've been speaking a little bit about this entrepreneurial term. So are you aware of any entrepreneurs creating great positive social impact, environmental social change, or do you want to go off on a tangent here? (laughs) (laughs) Do you just read my mind? 
So for me, what there are there are buckets of inspiring projects. There are no doubt about them. And if you want to see the or if you want to hear about inspiring projects, you just go through the back catalogue of this particular podcast, and you know you've got hours of inspiration. What I actually find inspiring is the are the people who just genuinely want to give it a go, who want to flog what other people would see as a dead horse. One of the things that has um, really landed for us in the last three months or so is the true power of Brisbane Innovate. So as I mentioned at the top, you know, four years on Brisbane Innovate, we would have had, we've had 1,200 odd people mm-hmm. attend the summit events, have got all fired up, hot and bothered to solve big civic challenges. And we've, you know, we're addressing big civic yep. challenges, social isolation and exclusion, pedestrian friendly city, circular economy challenges. But then of course they go back into their real lives. And so the mm. projects that might flow out of that aren't necessarily as <gasps> life-changing yeah. as some would want them to be. But what I find inspiring is what comes out of that, and that's what I'm now calling the genuine civic leaders who just need, and for listeners, I've got my hands kind of making a, I'm almost putting my hands around these people. Mm. It's not like a hug, but they just need to be guided because yeah. They genuinely have the idea, they have the wherewithal, they have the interest, and sometimes they even have the time to do it. Yep. They just need to be pointed in the right direction of who do you talk to, how do you navigate the political process, how do yep. you navigate the supply chain, how do you navigate the, the people with vested interests, without seeing them all as evil enemies, mm. yep. um, which I think is another thing that gets in the way when we're trying to do this big change. So what we've landed on in the last few months is actually Brisbane Innovate is just as much about supporting the grassroots civic leaders and demonstrating to them that they are the civic leaders. We actually, one of, one of the insights that we gained out of our last workshop was they, the attendees, are all looking for somebody to lead them. What they don't realise is that they are actually the leaders. Mm. So inspiring projects, buckets, inspiring people, so many of them. And I'm now kind of reshaping my role in how do I enable and empower them to go and do their stuff mm. rather than a strangling them. What an exciting role to have. As I said, best gig in the world. It is. So to finish off then, I'm keen to hear about a couple of books that you might recommend to our audience. Alrighty. Well, my, st- my all-time flat-out best book that I would recommend is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by yep. Stephen Covey. And in fact, it must have been the anniversary of his death just the other day because a facey memory popped up a beautiful photo of him that said, um, habit number nine, leave the world in a better place Mm -hmm. than it was when you found it, mission accomplished. Um, So yes, seven habits of highly effective people. And probably the lesser known book of his that many listeners wouldn't have even picked up on is The Eighth Habit, which is about um, Mm -hmm. genuine leadership. It's a stunning stunning book and a humbling book as Covey of course was so yeah they're my two books they're my two books I mean in terms of other resources quality sources of information on the internet and I'd I'd say that very deliberately find your trusted sources and then unsubscribe from everything else because the overwhelm of information particularly the overwhelm of BS information takes us down rabbit holes that take us all off track and waste more time than Mm -hmm. at value What a brilliant point to end on. 
Kat, thanks so much for sharing that and thanks for your valuable insights and time today. I really appreciate it and it'll be great to watch Brisbane innovate and all your other projects and initiatives. You know, take the city forward in, in the direction of, of tackling our biggest social and environmental issues. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.